0: Oh my god, hello everybody! My name is Lorenzo and I am so excited to welcome you to the very first episode of Was That a Fever Dream? Okay you guys, so this is truly like a pinch me moment um, because I've always loved podcasts and I have like a weekly rotation of podcasters that I listen to um, and I've always been intrigued to start my own podcast show but... I just never had the courage to do so, and I feel like there was a lot of self-doubt there. Um, And, you know, one thing that I learned in 2022 was I need to stop making lame excuses and actually start doing and going after my dreams. So that's what I'm going to do. It's a new year. It's 2023. New year, new Lorenzo, and I have decided to start this new passion project which is podcasting i can't believe this is actually happening right now so you're probably wondering you know lorenzo what is this podcast even going to be about it's probably like one of your burning questions that you have on your mind right now to that i say i'm going to tell you a little story about how this podcast eventually came to be very short don't worry um So when I initially started to, you know, brainstorm ideas about the podcast and different topics and different themes, um, I landed on the idea of having this as sort of a pop culture podcast. Ooh, that was like very, lots of P's there, pop culture podcast. So I landed on the idea of like having this as a pop culture podcast where I would just talk about things that are happening in pop culture from celebrities, Netflix shows, reality shows, you know, I love me some Real Housewives, um, like new music releases, all that fun stuff. But then I soon realized that there was already so many different pop culture podcasts that exist with a very loyal following. And I was like, I don't know if I can infiltrate this pop culture world of podcast, right? So I was thinking of ways to sort of fine-tune that idea and also just thinking of ways to differentiate myself from the already saturated market of pop culture podcasts. And so I was thinking long and hard, and I was looking at, you know, different pop culture eras, trying to get inspiration... And the one thing that I've always been fascinated by in pop culture are those really weird, chaotic, eccentric, random, you know, WTF moments that have left you feeling like, oh my god, was that a fever dream? That felt like a fever dream. And that's sort of what this podcast is all about, is those moments in pop culture, whether that would be you know, early 2000 fads, random trends that we saw on the internet, any sort of one-hit wonders, you know, those those things, those moments, those people, those characters that have left us feeling confused, entertained, disgusted, enthralled. And I think more importantly, um, those moments that have left us feeling really nostalgic. So in terms of episode structure, every single week I will be covering a specific topic and from there I'll I'll be doing sort of a deep dive into the history of this specific event, person, place, or thing. Um, I'll be talking about its origin story, why it became so popular in mainstream culture, and I'll be talking about its impact and its lasting impression on on the culture as a whole. Um, I am not really going to be following a strict sort of episode structure. I'm kind of just going to see how this goes and just kind of go with the flow um, and I'll adjust if needed. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I want to, that's how I envision it for now. Um, so before I get started with the first topic of, of my podcast, gosh, that feels so weird to say, but Um, I figured, you know, why not just start off by introducing myself, you know, I feel like this is like a cute little date, you know, you're probably like wondering who I am. Um, so my name is Lorenzo, as I mentioned, I'm 25 years old. Um, I am a Libra, sun, um, Cancer moon, Sagittarius rising. Um, I don't really know the details in terms of what that means, but use that information wisely and sparingly. Um, I'm a huge Beyonce fan, you guys, like beehive through and through. So I will not be taking any Beyonce slander on this podcast. So even if you leave a comment about Beyonce on this podcast, sorry, but I'm not reading it. You're getting blocked. So I currently work in public relations and honestly, I love my job. Uh, Unlike most millennials out there. (laughs) Um... So I've worked in the industry for a little over three years now, and one of the reasons I went into it was that it really fuels your creative spirit, and I feel like I really thrive in that fast-paced, you know, on-the-go sort of environment. And another thing that I love about it is that I'm always learning. You know, like, no two days are the same. I am always kind of doing something new every single day. And also just the fact that I've just been obsessed with pop culture and trends and all that fun stuff ever since I was a little kid it was just sort of like the stepping stone into my career so I feel like that was just like the sparks notes version of you know who I am what I like um my interests and stuff like that so and I feel like you'll probably get to know more about me as more episodes come out um you'll start to see my weird and wacky personality come out um But anyways, enough yapping about me. I feel like we should just get started with the first topic of Was That a Fever Dream? So to give you a quick intro into the topic of the very first episode, I feel like I should give you a quick compilation video of the best vines, the most viral vines, the most iconic vines, to ever touch the face of the earth. So here you go. Look at all those chickens. What the fuck is up, Kyle? No, what did you say? What the fuck, dude? Step the fuck up, Kyle. Zim, you gotta? Or no, you gotta day? Or no? We in this beach. Finna get crunk. Abrazz on fleek, the fuck? Oh my god. Oh my god, he on X Games mode. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. Stop! I could have dropped my croissant. (laughs) And they were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. Happy Christmas. It is Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. Get to Del Taco. They got a new thing called Frigio... Free, free shavakadoo! Free shavakadoo! So that was just a little mini compilation of Vine's greatest hits, uh, that were memorable, quotable, iconic, and, you know, not to mention, memeable. Uh, so in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about Vine, the app. And I'm going to be talking about sort of the history of the app, how it was founded, um, why it became such a mainstream hit and also why it fell really flat and why it had this really short-lived career and I'm also going to be talking about why it had this lasting impact on the internet because honestly Vine was iconic and it was the blueprint of a lot of you know its predecessors Um, and truthfully a lot of vines were peak internet culture and peak internet humor and i'm i'm really excited to dive deep into this into this topic because i feel like vine really took over my life um when it was still around so here we go so to give you a bit of background vine was founded by three entrepreneurial men um their names were dom hoffman Rus Yusupov and Colin Kroll, um, these three sort of banded together and founded the company in June of 2012 um, and it was later acquired by Twitter in October of 2012. Um, The app was later launched on January 24th, 2013, so almost exactly 10 years to this date. Um, as a free app for iOS devices, and was later released as an app for Windows and Android devices. Um, And at the time of its release, it really became this overnight success. In doing my research around this episode, I actually came across this infographic that was published in 2014, so around the time of Vine's you know, peak success. And uh, the infographic featured some really interesting highlights or interesting stats about the app itself. Um, so I'm just gonna read out a couple here. So uh, at the time of this release, Vine had more than 40 million registered users. Uh, Every second, five Vines are tweeted to Twitter, and the largest age group among Vine users was 18 to 20 years old, so they really tried to market themselves to the younger millennial um, slash Gen Z generation. In terms of the actual app interface, it was quite simple to understand and learn and i think that's also what contributed to vine's overnight success was that the interface on the app was super easy to follow um so when you first opened up vine you are presented with your timeline quite similar to how a lot of social media platforms work today and in like including TikTok and uh instagram So you would have your curated timeline of people that you would follow and then there was another tab called explore which was essentially your search engine Um, and that's where you could look up you know trending videos Um, you could just do an organic search Um, and then they would also put um, popular editors picks uh, vines in there as well. In doing my research for this episode, I came across this article on NPR, and um, they actually interviewed the three creators of the app, Um, and they, at one point they kind of talked about the loop, which was kind of this iconic feature that they had. Um, on their feed where um, videos would just essentially play on this like infinite loop Um, so you wouldn't have to like worry about like pausing it or rewinding it or you know like um, fiddling around with it Um, and they kind of talked about how that actually came to be so when they first So once they settled on the six second video limit, they felt that something was a little off. Um, One of the creators had mentioned that the video started really quickly, but then also ended really quickly, so it was a little bit anticlimactic and it just overall didn't feel right. So then that's when the founders actually added in that loop. So the videos would play over and over and it also allowed for artists to play with an infinite video action. But aside from, you know, the really easy to use app interface, why did Vine become such an overnight success? Um, I feel like there are a lot of factors that contributed to that, but I think, you know, at its core, Vine was an entertainment app. And you went on Vine to be thoroughly entertained. And by entertained, I don't just mean, you know, from a comedic standpoint, even though there were a lot of Viners out there who were freaking hilarious. And you would sometimes go on Vine to just laugh your ass off. Um, But I, I don't think it's just, you know, from a comedic standpoint. I think, you know, there were a lot of Viners who were gifted musically and who knew how to dance so it really just created a space for you know up-and-coming talents to show off their skills and for the viewer to be you know thoroughly entertained like take a shot every time I say entertain in this episode (laughs) (laughs) another thing that I wanted to briefly mention here and it's more of a personal anecdote but I feel like you know when Vine videos became popular and became viral, a lot of them were referenced outside of the app. And this sort of created the feeling of like having an inside joke among users. Um, and to me, this felt like almost a newer phenomenon for social media. And it created this like subculture of Vine viewers who would be referencing um, Vine videos you know, in real life and in their everyday jargon. So, you know, for example, I remember I was in class and I turned to my friend and I said, oh, did you get the free shivakadu? Like a loser. (laughs) It it was one of those things where it was like, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. And unfortunately, if you don't, then sorry, sucks to be you because Vine was like the cool app, right? And uh, one more thing I wanted to say, I feel like there's so many points in this because I feel like Vine was truly that bitch. Like, it was really that girl. Um, uh, What was I gonna say? Oh, yes. So I feel like the addition of short form videos also changed the idea of storytelling in the digital world. Um, Because Vine was proof that you could quite literally tell a story in six seconds or less. Um, And I think that resonated a lot with the younger generation because we, I mean, already have a short attention span, so this contributed to that even more. Um, and that was sort of, I feel like that was a very nuanced thing in the digital world at the time. Like, you never really saw that with other social media platforms. And, I mean, yeah, it paved the way for other social media platforms to like follow suit like now you see so many different short form videos on random apps you know like on youtube you have like youtube shorts you have tiktok which i'm going to be talking about later on but um i really do feel that vine was the blueprint to many of these other social media platforms no offense i'm just saying so at the height of its success Vine was quite literally untouchable. Like, I never thought that it would end the way that it did. And, yeah, I mean, like, I always thought it was just, like, this really cool up-and-coming social media platform and that, you know, these Vine trends, these Vine videos would just never go away. And, boy, was I wrong. So I'm going to talk about sort of the downfall of Vine and why it just completely fa- fell off the face of the earth. So to put it simply, Vine died after its early success for two reasons. So one of them was because there was competition with other social media platforms. If you remember, actually, the, f- the year that Vine um, was released, that same summer, so summer of 2013, Instagram rolled out their 15-second video sharing feature instagram came in hot that summer i remember when this feature came out and i was like oh not them stealing vines idea instagram likely saw the success of vine and they were like you know what i'm gonna take a piece of that pie yes yes i will yes i will and you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna one-up you guys okay instead of having a six second time limit I'm going to update it to 15 seconds. And also, we're going to add 13 filters and an editing capability to the app. So suck on that, Vine. That was my impression of Instagram in 2013 when they wanted to come in guns blazing. So yeah, there was a lot of competition with other video apps, not video apps, but social media app. And then also, they they as in Vine failed to support the top Viners who were essentially bringing them all their success. And there's this very interesting article that was published to... Um, BuzzFeed and also Mike.com called Inside the Secret Meeting That Changed the Fate of Vine Forever. So this meeting was initially spearheaded by Marcus Johns who was one of the first people to reach 1 million followers on Vine and he along with 18 other of Vine's top 50 creators basically created this like contract which basically stated everything that Vine needed to fix um, for them to essentially stay on the platform. So within this contract, there were a handful of clauses that the Viners wanted to collectively address with the Vine executives. And one of the suggestions was to, have, to update um, product changes to the app Itself. So they wanted things like, you know, adding links to Vine captions, a better explore page, and, you know, a more functional suite of editing tools. And most of the Viners had assumed that the product changes would be quite easy for a nimble tech company to roll out. And they were really frustrated by the app's slow and sporadic updates. Um, Another clause that they had included in the contract was for Vine to deal with harassment because at the time, several Viners complained that the community had taken a really dark turn and their comments on their videos had turned into buckets of abuse. And I think, you know, the overarching issue and the overarching, you know, clause of this contract was money and being compensated fairly and they had asked for Vine to pay all 18 of them 1.2 million dollars each and in exchange for that they would agree to produce 12 pieces of monthly original content to the app. So it was sort of this you know win-win situation um, for both parties you know if Vine agreed they could theoretically generate more views on their app Uh, and boost engagement on their app as well and you know on the other hand you would have these creators who would basically get paid fairly and also um, keep their followers on an already dying app so they presented the contract to vine and initially the executives were quite receptive to it um they said that the they would take Um, these executives told the Viners that they would take the contract back to Twitter and loop back with them, but after an hour of discussion, it was clear that the deal was not going to go through, and after that meeting, nearly every major Viner, uh, stopped posting original content to Vine or drastically reduced their efforts on the platform after the group proposal was rejected. Um... BuzzFeed did later report on that meeting and said that Twitter had at least considered payment, but that payment unfortunately didn't ever go through. So this contract unfortunately did not go through, and Vine's growth stagnated before it finally shut down a year later in 2016. It is quite ironic how the platform closed down by essentially getting blackmailed by its own users and honestly this was one of many of twitter's very infamous flops uh next one being elon musk taking over the company but you know that's another episode for another day okay so let's talk about her impact vine's impact on the internet culture as a whole why I felt like this was a fever dream so I think that Vine influenced digital history in such a pivotal way because it paved the way for future social media apps you know Vine was one of the first if not the first to feature video sharing which is now an integral part of almost all Uh, social media platforms, you know, you see it with TikTok, you see it with uh, Instagram now, with Instagram Reels and IGTV, um, and even down to, like, YouTube. YouTube now has YouTube Shorts, which are these, like, short-form video clips. And I think these short-form video clips have almost become this, like, staple in, social media platforms now like you can't really go on social media and not see um a short form video and i honestly think that vine was the reason that that has become a thing and you know you see people using short form videos on their personal accounts but then also on the other hand you have brands Uh, leveraging uh, short form videos to promote their products or services um, and to essentially gain exposure, it really shifted the way in which we think of content in general. It's not just like an in-feed static photo. Now you have short form videos and that is because of Vine. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, when TikTok first Gained its popularity. A lot of people on the internet. Made comparisons to TikTok and Vine naturally. I mean, I also made these comparisons because it was essentially the same sort of idea, you know, like you create a short form video, you share on an app, um, and then you also have like the explore page and stuff like that. While there are a lot of similarities between the two uh, social media platforms, I think the reason why TikTok became such a success and it still is quite literally a success, is the fact that they saw what Vine did and completely changed that and really focused their efforts on the actual creators, um, which is a mistake that, unfortunately, Vine made um, and the reason why they are not existent anymore. And in speaking of, you know, paying their creators fairly I think another thing that has contributed to that is the fact that the influencing market is so different from where it was in 2013 you really didn't see a lot of brands you know turning to influencers to promote their product or service whereas now brands see the value of influencing and they're like you know what like let's Let's do like a micro-influencer project. So there, there's a much more appetite for brands to be paying their influencers than it was like 10 years ago. But yeah, I mean, I think brands right now are just more interested in influencer marketing and they see the value of it um, and that it creates this return on investment. Sorry to bring up like work corporate lingo, but ROI is very important for brands. Let me tell you. One other thing, and this is my last point here, that I think TikTok did to differentiate itself from its predecessors is TikTok really, from the immediacy, placed an emphasis on sounds and music. You know, users can quite literally take a sound bite from a TV show, upload it to TikTok, and then all of a sudden it goes viral. And... You know, on the other hand, you have these up-and-coming artists who upload their songs to TikTok, it then goes viral because, I don't know, like, the TikTok teens created a dance to it, and you're now, you know, headlining Coachella in the next month. It is crazy what TikTok has done to the music industry as a whole, but also just, like, like, the influencing industry as a whole and i think honestly we're going to be talking about the impact that tiktok has had in in the pop culture space in social media space at least 10 years from now i don't think tiktok is ever going to really hit rock bottom the same way vine did because i feel like they listened to their creators and they continue to evolve and they are open to criticisms they're open to like you know different ways that they can change the app and evolve the app into something that's like new and fresh so that about does it for my very first episode of was that a fever dream oh I forgot to mention the reason why I feel like Vine felt like a fever dream was I think it was because of its short-lived career like she did not have a long-lasting career but she made one hell of an impact okay the videos that you would come across on Vine were just like hilarious random meme worthy but also like at the same time very bizarre and It definitely required a different type of humor. So it was definitely an acquired taste, but if you had the taste, then you would get it. So I think that, coupled with the fact that it was so short-lived, made it feel like a fever dream. Because you were like, wait, did did that just happen? And, you know, in hindsight, you look back on these, like, really ridiculous and, like, random TikToks, and you're like, did that really happen or was that a fever dream or did I just make that up I don't know and that about does it for the very first episode of was that a fever dream Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed doing the research on this episode I feel like it was super nostalgic truly brought me back to my high school days Um, and if you enjoyed this Do not forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. Um, And if you are interested in following my podcast journey, (laughs) you can hit subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts or follow if you're on Spotify or any other um, platform. I don't even know what I was trying to say there there was a lot of speed bumps in this episode I will admit it but you know what I embrace the speed bumps I embrace all of it um I also did make a Instagram page for this podcast specifically so if you would like to follow it is was that a fever dream podcast all one word on Instagram I made my feed really pretty and it took me a long time to make so go check it out Um, If you do want to follow my personal account, uh, feel free to do so. It's Lorenzo Espinosa underscore. So my first and last name underscore. um, It's spelled L-O-R-E-N-Z-O-E-S-P-I-N-O-S-A. And yeah, that about does it for me. I will see you in the next episode. I hope you guys have a wonderful day wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this. Um, If you're in the car, drive safe if you're walking, walk safe. Um, and I will catch you on the flip side. Bye.